This is a true story. To find out what happens, what happens? when people stop being polite. Start getting. <laughs> everybody to episode 41 of the railroad um this week i decided to make a mix of some stuff that i thought was cool um really on my black power thing obviously with this being february and we're in black history month i just wanted the music that you hear while you're listening to my episode to kind of remind you of that feeling and what we've all been striving for for so long so why don't we jump right into the 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 topics of this week um this episode is coming out a day later than I normally like to post things, mostly because uh, I had some stuff going on and I wanted to kind of get a perspective after hearing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar speak. Uh, I had the opportunity to see him um, and Etan Thomas and another gentleman, don't really remember his name because he didn't say much, but uh, Kareem spoke a lot about kind of his life and the struggle and how he's proud of certain things that have kind of gone on within the world and like activism and sports and i thought that was a really cool way to want to start um an episode that's directly related to the accomplishments of black people um one of the things i loved about kareem uh everybody knows that he started out his name as luau cinder i forgot what his actual first name is but he certainly made a change um from the time my man was in high school when he didn't lose he was active <laughs> and this is one of the things that i think is really crazy given the climate that we're in currently um he spoke specifically about colin kaepernick and his decision to want to kind of kneel and what that meant and the activism and how it's impacted his life now certainly he's never been the kind of person that would hold his tongue and he would certainly say anything that he thought was was relevant most people don't have that platform here's why he thinks that it's important yes it affected collins earning potential collins currently not in the nfl but it spurred other people to have movements we got kids now in high school taking activist stances because they see injustice within the world so this is why his message is always rang so great Frankly, it's something that's hurt him as well. One of the reasons why I think, and he totally believes that he's never been an NBA head coach, was because um, he has always been so outspoken. You know, uh, he remembers going to UCLA uh, and them having issues when, you know, Dr. Martin Luther King died and he was at like different rallies. You remember him at being at UCLA when Muhammad Ali basically said he wasn't going to war. All of these things happened. His biggest, and I think for me, what I took away, he said the biggest moment of his life that made him realize what he wanted to be and why he chose it was Emmett Till dying. Think about that for a second. The death of Emmett Till and what that brought to light was what sparked somebody to have this illustrious career as somebody that would spark change. Um, I have an immense amount of respect for this guy. I don't care what people say. Obviously, you know, I don't want to say the rumors, uh, but certainly people say he's a jerk. He's a, you know, he's an asshole. He's all of these other things. But what you can't take away from him is the message that he has literally always lived by and the stuff that he's written about and how he tries to strive for black excellence. He's kind of like a, ch a birth child of that whole Harlem Renaissance. 
um, you know, some of the first people that you remember him or that he remembers like really like gravitating towards are the Langston Hughes, uh, the different people that were in the jazz scene because his dad wanted to be in the jazz. It was all of this stuff that made him uh, what I consider to be like this super just, you know, different kind of guy. Uh, you know, one of his great memories was that he got the chance to interview Martin Luther King in high school as a kid, you know, kind of with press credentials. They had kind of like a workshop program. And that's one of the things that he thought was awesome. He was allowed to kind of craft some uh, some questions, get those together. And he asked him himself and he thought that that was super cool. So. I just want to give a big shout out to him, man. Uh, that's something that obviously affected uh, me. I followed his career forever. Uh, I know that we all think of MJ as the GOAT. I'm a big Michael Jordan fan, but I also recognize the strength of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He's a six-time NBA champ. I want to say he's a five-time MVP, the N NBA's all-time leading scorer. Never lost the game in high school. Never lost the game in college. Like, dude is a beast even if we don't like him. And because of him deciding to be, you know, Muslim, I think this is a lot of the reason why he doesn't get the just due that he probably deserves. Um, we're a very Christian heavy nation. And while that's okay, we shouldn't discount somebody because they believe in something that's different than us. Um, so shout out to him. I'm very glad I got to see this. Got my book signed that I'm gonna put somewhere, probably post it online because I think that that's cool. And uh, he was the first person I really wanted to tackle this week. Uh, going into the next thing. Um, everybody is probably familiar with Quincy Jones. While you might not know him as like the illustrious jazz musician, um, especially now since he doesn't play anything after his stroke, what is cool about Quincy Jones is that we all remember him from the compilation albums he made. You know, he put the likes of Tamiya on. Uh, you probably remember his like CD from the, the mid 80s with like um, Barry White and DeBarge. Like, you know what I'm saying? Quincy Jones has hits. Uh, he did a lot of stuff with Michael Jackson on Thriller. But what made it interesting is this week um, and why I want to give him a shout out was because for whatever reason, I think Quincy Jones is 84. He give, let's just say he gives zero fucks about anything. And he admitted that he had, I believe, 22 girlfriends. <laughs> now, at 80 years old, it's kind of crazy that my man has way more PYTs than any of my single friends, anybody that I personally know. I'm not saying that my friends want to pimp like this, but damn, sometimes you might want to sit back and admire like somebody at their at their work. And that's probably going to get me killed because um, I would never do that. Cause I, one, I just don't have like the energy or the time to ever put into going through all of that shit. So shout outs to my man Quincy for living his life and the best of it. But that's not even the craziest thing that he wanted to discuss this week. He let loose a whole bunch of bombshells this week. You have my man basically telling stories from Hollywood where if I'm honest, I would never want them to come out. And I want to pause for everybody's second, or I want to pause for a second, and I want to tell this to everybody. If I have any friends who, for whatever reason, after I die, decide that they want to tell all of my dirt, here's a promise to you, right? I'm going to come back and haunt the shit out of you because some stuff just needs to stay secret. If I told you in confidence, I don't want you to come and ruin my image 
after I'm dead. And I know that that sounds super shallow, but the truth is some of the bombshells he let loose really are crazy. And he's been on a tour because I believe he has, it's either a Netflix special or something that's kind of commemorating all of his achievements coming up soon. So my man is just letting it all loose. Uh, he's got people that are cooperating the stories. It's crazy. And it's stuff that we would never have actually talked about or even been thought to put in the press. So I don't actually want to talk about those things because they're that crazy. But I, you know, I suggest you go and you Google some of the different, um, articles he's had. Uh, I want to say the three different interviews that he's had at this point, he lets loose a lot of motherfuckers. That's his curse word of choice. But Quincy is really getting it in these streets. Um, the stories are interesting. Uh, I want to give a shout out to him again for being like, you know, such a pioneer in music. He's really on his jazz kick. He loves that. So he definitely speaks a lot to that. But the salacious stuff is what you're probably going to stay and read for. And it's probably the best reading that I've done in 2018. Um, and I probably shouldn't say this, but it completely changed my opinion on Richard Pryor. Uh, and the Godfather will never have the same meaning ever, ever again. So, uh, one of the things that really made me want to talk this week about achievements, um, I've been doing a lot of, uh, listening to stuff on the internet. And I believe last week I spoke a little bit about the Monique situation. Well, this week, uh, there was a comedian by the name of Faison Lard. He was interviewed, uh, I, I, I want to say initially by the Breakfast Club, and they asked him what he thought about her situation. One, he basically went into like, you know, parallel that to saying a whole bunch of stuff about Dave Chappelle. I don't want to personally say it was hating because it's a situation where even if I don't agree with it, everybody is entitled to their own opinion. Hate is hate, you know, and people having opinions about you isn't hate. I'll give you an example. I have an opinion about an NBA player by the name of Alfred Payton. Plays for the Orlando Magic. I want you to look up Alfred Payton before I go into this. Alfred Payton has absolutely the worst hair in professional sports. Now, you know, you might say that I'm hating because he has long hair. Nah, I still got my corners. My hairline isn't receding. I don't have no ball spots or anything else going on crazy. But I just want to tell my man to go, go get a haircut, bro. I legit saw his like little weekend kind of thing going on. Play defense on him and force him to miss a shot in the NBA. If your hair is playing better defense than you, you need to get that shit cut. I'm not saying you got to go with like a low season like you're me, but you clearly can't have like this big ball of hair that's all in your face. Like that just doesn't work. Now I say all of that to say, I'm not hating on my man. That's an opinion. It's a very strong opinion, but I can certainly say I would give him that same energy if I met him. And I would tell him why I said it. I think this is the biggest difference between what I consider hate and opinion. A lot of times people are always going to talk about you, whether you're popular, you're not popular, you know, you're famous, you can check off any number of boxes. Somebody somewhere is going to talk about you, right? But when that person then comes to talk to you about you, do they keep the exact same energy? If they have a problem with you, are they able to articulate that to you? If they are, I personally don't consider that as being hate. 
I might not like what you have to say, but I respect the fact that you're man enough or woman enough to say it to me to my face. Now, that doesn't go for everything because certainly some people do just say hateful things, but I feel like the word hater has been thrown around so much that like it has kind of lost the meaning that it once had. At one point we could say like, yo, I have haters. Man, as regular people, we don't really have haters. Somebody might dislike me, but like, let's be completely honest. A hater? We need to come up with a new word in 2018. I feel like hater has been a word that's been used literally for the last 20 years and it's overused now just as a way of deflecting criticism that you hate about something. I personally know I'm not hating on something just because I give my opinion. Now, there are things that I can tell you I hate on. Um, personally, I hated on Immature growing up. All of the kids from Immature got all of the girls. They were all crazy about their concerts and all of that other randomness. And so now as a grown up, I'm like, yo, you do realize that Marcus Houston's like probably your height if you're being a woman. So that same crush you had on him at 13, 12, 14, I don't know if you have it at a 35. That's eight. Won't friend. I do it in comedy, and certainly I don't mean any um, disrespect to those guys, but I do find that super funny, and it's something that I can kind of kick back and listen to and laugh at, just because that's where kind of society is right now. That's hate. But I can kind of differentiate and decide which one is which, even if it comes in the form of a joke. So not saying that you know some of the stuff that clearly sounded really personal that came from phase on love was hate i do think that there were certainly skits from the Chappelle season one uh that were dope but i also understand that season two was the was the big one like that's the one with you know prince charlie murphy's stories that's the one that really put him on the map um there's a certain truth to him speaking about you know Half-Baked wasn't the same kind of movie to black people that Friday was, for instance. So, like, Dave has always had the crossover appeal more so than he had, I would say, like, the traditional black comedic feel. Um, I didn't personally think that Killing Me Softly was all that funny. But if you talk about comedy specials from my era that I thought that were crazy, I'm going with Martin You So Crazy. I'm going with Jamie Foxx. You might need security. Um, I'm going with uh, Chris Rock, Bring the Pain. I'm speaking to those things. I'm not necessarily speaking to Dave. So while Faison, again, is entitled to his opinion, you can decide yourself for, you know, why you think his opinion was what it was. Last thing I want to touch on this week um, is that we're probably at the end of an era. And when I say era, um, I'm talking about uh, Best Buy's decision to no longer sell CDs in its stores. Once Best Buy makes this decision, I'm sure Target, Walmart, or any other place that you buy CDs from um, will probably make the same decision. Now, while a lot of people think this doesn't matter, and in the bigger scheme of things, it doesn't matter. The reason I call it the end of the era is because all of us remember having like those CDs and getting those little, you know, um, pieces of mail from, I want to say it was like the BMG music group where I could get 10 CDs for a dollar. And then you end up owning the company like 50 because you got to order a certain amount of, uh, full price CDs because of streaming and, you know, the digital distribution of music, 
nobody buys physical disc anymore. And if I'm honest, I don't remember the last time I bought a CD. Like I think the last CD I bought, I do remember it. I bought the Slaughterhouse album in 2012, I believe. I, I like I want to say I bought that with like Madden. Um, I, I was sick one day, but I went and drove my black behind the Best Buy to go pick up my CD and my video game. And that was the last physical copy of a CD that I've ever bought. It's crazy to think it's, you know, with it being 2018, you don't think the time like moves that slow. Think about it from a perspective of they don't even include CD players in anything anymore. Like my MacBook doesn't have one. I want to say I got it in maybe like 2014 uh the end of 2014 i believe cars don't come with it anymore like the media in general is gone <laughs> i don't even know people that buy blu-rays everybody just streams something like it comes on netflix you might watch it on amazon there are all these outlets that just show you where the world's progressed and why things are so different so it's super crazy to me to think that you know what it's over we're really at the end of an era it's time for us to figure out something new and what the next big thing is. How are we going to, you know, share different things or sell different things going forward? So, uh, I don't want to necessarily like bury it the same way that we buried like tapes because nobody owns tapes anymore. It won't be a collector's item like vinyl because again, record players are a thing. People love like that analog sound and that crackle when the needle hits like, you know, the disc. You don't hear the same thing about CDs. The digital sound, people love it, but we don't buy, or most people don't buy, like, you know, expensive audio video equipment so that they can hear it the way that artists intended for it to do. It's all compressed now anyway. So CDs, I want to say, you know, so long, you've been good to me. Uh, my first actual CD bought, and I'll probably get clowned for this, um, was Brandy from Brandy's first album. That was the first CD that I owned. Yes, I like, I love R&B. I was rocking it. Um, I wanna get down was my joint. My second CD I wanna say was probably something a little more hard. I wanna say it was Mr. Smith by LL. But that just goes to show you, you know, uh, the things that I remember. So I'm bookending this with, you know, all of the different stuff that I bought on CD. My CD's getting stolen out of my car and the hundreds of dollars that I wasted on it to the amount of space that I no longer have to like waste to keep CDs or to have access to that kind of music. It's a wrap. And that's where we're at with that. Okay, now this is really going to be my last post. Um, One of my favorite times of the year, uh, because I'm a huge NBA fan and why this is going to transition from my last topic of change, the NBA trade deadline is tomorrow. I'm super excited to see the moves the teams are going to make. I just want to see good basketball. Nothing stays the same forever. This is one of the reasons why I thought that this topic would be really key to bring up right now. We've seen so many things go out through, through history, especially with the black community, right? I'm going to end this by saying there's so much that we've seen that's been going, that's been wrong. But as long as we keep working towards a better tomorrow, hopefully we'll see some kind of change because again, nothing stays the same forever. We've been down, we've been out, but I know for a fact that I have a better life than my great grandmother did because of the sacrifices that she made. 
So let's make sure that we do the same things for the generations that come after us. We don't want to be the generation where everything went backwards because we dropped the ball. And that's my motivational moment from the real world. Um, This is episode 41. Uh, I'm really excited to be here with you guys. I'll see you next week. Uh, And I promise to get this one to you on a Wednesday. Take it easy. Peace.